Welcome back. Thanks for making us a part of your weekend. If you're out and about traveling around Memphis and you need a ride, you can use my Uber code. You get $20 off your first ride if you uh, download the Uber app and type in Uber Cerrito in the promo code spot. That's U-B-E-R-C-E-R-R-I-T-O. You'll get uh, $20 off your first ride with Uber. If you uh, don't know about Uber, it's faster, cheaper, and more reliable than most taxis, and you can... uh, Get the Uber app on your phone for free. You just go to the your app store. You download the app. You tap a button, and you type in the promo code Uber Cerrito. Then you push another button, and then in a few minutes, somebody would come pick you up and take you to your destination. That is uh, my Uber code. You should use it as you travel around, and maybe you're going to Playhouse on the Square. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Playhouse on the Square, located at Union Cooper in the historic Overton Square Theater District. Playhouse on the Square is Memphis's only professional theater, and it's the perfect place to take a date. Playhouse on the Square is proud to announce their season, uh, this upcoming season, 2015-2016. Got some great shows. Uh, happening at Playhouse on the Square, including Sister Act, Billy Elliot, the musical, Peter Pan, and the regional premiere of the hit musical Memphis. So check out the full list of shows and buy tickets at playhouseonthesquare.org. That's playhouseonthesquare.org. So we're out at the Dodge This Dodgeball Tournament benefiting at Youth Villages. And since we're out here, we're taking a few moments to reminisce about the past year and uh, the cool stuff that's happened on this show over the past six months. And one of my favorite interviews, it's always fun when you get to have somebody like this on the show, was when we had Mr. Belding on the week of the Saved by the Bell reunion on the Jimmy Fallon show. And we got to talk to Mr. Belding also about our campaign to put the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in Memphis. So, do you guys remember that one? I was here for that one. I do remember it. You were here for that one? I was here for that one. It was great. I loved it. Dennis Haskins himself, friend of the show, and he came on the same week of the big reunion on Jimmy Fallon, and that was hilarious. I think that might have actually been my first week on as the official producer, too. Oh, wow. So even more more, more reasons to, to look back at our interview with Dennis Haskins following the Save by the Bell reunion on the uh, Jimmy Fallon Tonight Show. Joining us live, he became famous for playing Mr. Belding on Saved by the Bell. He is Tennessee's own Dennis Haskins, and he joins us now. What's up, Dennis? Hey, how you guys doing? What's up, Memphis? Hey, good, good morning. Good to, good to have you here. I know it's been a very, very busy week for you, a very exciting week. and It's, it's been very, very cool. One of, one of the most exciting weeks I've had, to be honest with you, um, with them paying tribute to our show, and we had to keep it a secret. And wanted to keep it a secret, so the surprise would be just as big, and then getting to the studio and seeing everybody getting back together and Going on that set, they made the set, uh, the hallway and the locker rooms exactly the way it used to be for us. Just felt like going home again. All right, it looked exactly like an exact replica of the Saved by the Bell set. It was it was amazing. So, when did you first find out that this was actually going to happen? Well, I found out several weeks ago. They sent us a script to see if we thought we would like it, and uh, obviously we all did. I I don't know if you guys remember, but uh, I'm from Chattanooga, born and raised in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So uh, about four or five years ago, the uh, the mocks were the last ones in on the Cinderella uh, interest to the NCAA basketball tournament. So Jimmy uh, adopted for the late-night show Chattanooga as his team. And I called him and I said, hey, man, that's my school. And they said, can you be here tomorrow? And we surprised everybody then coming up to the floor as an alum from Chattanooga. And they just went crazy. It was a wonderful response. So the writers and staff and everybody said, well, let's try to reunite the show. And uh, I came back a couple weeks later. And eventually we didn't get everybody together. But they never gave up. And, and this guy, Mike DiCenzo, who is a writer-producer for Jimmy Fallon, came up with this idea to do this, this skit. And it was just unbelievable. So well-written. So much love, and then Jimmy loves the show. It was really committed to making this happen, and it was just, just unbelievable. It's had 22 million views in just over two days, just on YouTube alone, which is unbelievable. Holy mackerel! That 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 is amazing. So I guess that when they tried to do the reunion the first time, it was tough to get everybody together because Jimmy's based in New York. 
but that he was coming out to Los Angeles for a week. That I guess the timing was perfect to try to gather the coming out to LA. Really, yeah, coming out to LA made it a whole lot easier, and it just all came together. It was meant to be. Right, we're being joined by Dennis Haskins, Mr. Belding. He's Mr. Belding on Twitter. You can follow him at Mr. Belding. A very, a very exciting reunion. What was uh, what was your favorite moment or favorite line or something from that that you just thought was like, wow, that was brilliant? Um, you know, it's really hard to say that there was just one moment. I mean, obviously, it's good to say that hey, 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 what is going on here? And, <laughs> and uh, there was the, the thing with Jesse doing. I'm so excited, and, and with the uh, Mario doing now. Mark Paul made his entrance in what was that crazy because they knew something was gone you know <laughs> they saw this that they knew something was gone I get you about it and, and when and when everyone would come in the crowd just responded even bigger for the next person you could tell that they knew something was going on something really cool was happening and it just all really came together I mean it was uh, it could have been better we're backstage also and, and the roots are I've, I've done the show four times well not the show the late night with Jimmy Fowler and I've, so I've gotten into the roots a little bit and they were they were doing stuff that was up and, and then uh, Kobe Bryant was back I saw Kobe and he goes oh man I'm a fan and I'm thinking holy cow that's Kobe Bryant you know um, he just had his surgery on his shoulder it just I don't know how to describe it it was it was like we captured magic in a bottle and carry it with the world. Right. It, it it did seem like that. So was it? Did you ask for a picture from Kobe, or was Kobe like, "Can I get a picture with you?" Or how did that work? Well, my my agent was with me, and I went back. I just I met Kobe a long, long time ago. He when he first got to town, he was seventeen, eighteen years old, and he had done a show called Hang Time, which is uh, another Peter Engel show. Peter Engel created Stay by the Bell, so. Uh, we were all shooting pretty close to each other, and I met him back then and used to go to some of the games. And to see him, golly, 25 years later, uh, it, it just, he, he was all about it. He stays the fan, and my agent said, Hey, you mind if we take a picture? He was us behind him. Mario came in and got a picture with him, and it was just nobody, there was, there was you know, sometimes it's, it's like, No, not now, I don't have time, this and that. It wasn't about that. It was, everybody was having fun, everybody was all cool with it. Fans of Saved by the Bell will never forget it either. Tennessee's own Dennis Haskins joining us on the show right now. He's talking about the Saved by the Bell reunion that happened the other day on Jimmy. Hey, I got to say, you're out of Memphis, and it's the home of, of a good friend of mine, Jerry the King Waller. I got to give a shout, shout out to Jerry and Lawrence. Oh, we, uh, yeah, we, we love the King. The King yeah. was just on our show a couple weeks ago, yes. And, I, I love, I love, uh, Jerry's just the best. I mean, we stay in touch with Facebook and Twitter and, uh, you know, he goes back to doing that thing with Dustin a long time ago, uh, with uh, arrest some wrestling stuff. So, um, uh, he's been very kind to me, and I have a lot of respect for him. I'm glad he, I can't believe he's wrestling again after having that heart stuff like what a year ago, and he's back out. He's going at it. He's still going at it. I mean, he's just, just uh, unbelievable. Yeah, once he got clearance from the doctors, he was back in that ring pulling down the strap. But uh, we're, we're we're talking with Mr. Bell. We'll, we'll talk wrestling for you in in just a moment. We'll talk a little bit of wrestling before we let you go. But, but before that, let's uh, talk a little bit more about this reunion because it was so exciting. Say sure. by the Bell fan that that I am, and I know people have asked you this question probably uh, multiple times over the past couple of days. So I'm just going to ask it to you real fast. But where was Screech and Lisa? Where was Screech and Lisa? Well, I'm I'm sure people are aware that Dustin got some legal issues back in Wisconsin, and, and I I don't know what happened with Mark or he's. Uh, no one told me. I asked if she was going to do it, and uh, just things were going so fast and furious that I don't know. Maybe because they paired up Mark Paul or Zach and Jeff, Zach and Kelly, and they paired up Jesse and Slater. Uh, you know, Screech and Lisa used to be paired up. So since uh, Dustin has some stuff going on, I, maybe they just—I don't know. I really don't know. Sometimes when you, when you were writing a scene on the show. Not all the students were in the scene, you know. Right. So, so Screech and Lisa were right, in class. I, they were in class at the time. They were in class. Yeah, they were in detention, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but I, I named Jimmy. Jimmy is now our seventh student. You know, he's now the officially seventh uh, member of Bayside. Uh, there, there were seven of us, six students and me, but now there's eight. Now Jimmy's officially uh, the, the eighth member of the cast. It's, it's kind of wild. People were asking, like, where's Screech and Lisa, but nobody was really asking where Tori was. That's uh, uh, that's interesting. Tori well, was there's Tori. Victoria, Victoria was at the very end when Tiffany and Elizabeth left the show for pilot season. We ended up doing the graduation episode and then shot 10 more episodes to make a, a package of 100 episodes. So, I mean, Leanna Creel, who was Tori, was really wonderful, but wasn't really with us for the whole run of the show. So that didn't really make sense. It's right. kind of like saying, where's Max? You know? Yeah, we're, yeah, we're right about that. <laughs> At some point, you just have to go. Oh, here's what we're going with, and and that's what it was. And and obviously, everybody loved it, and and it uh, it's just touched a lot of people. Oh, absolutely. For me, I'm, you know, I still do appearances. I was in Jackson uh, doing a, a thing for the minor league ball club up there a couple of years ago, and I go around the country still doing things. But I stay by the bell. There's still so much love and affection for the show, for the cast, what it meant to everybody, and. and Clearly, from the reaction that's happened, from I'll give you an example. Uh, Jimmy had Neil Diamond on the night before, uh, and they did this amazing thing where Jimmy was seeing like Neil Diamond, and then Neil came out and sang as Neil Diamond, and that got like uh, just under two million views. And we're at two million in the morning, <laughs> and by the end of the day, up to like twelve to fifteen million, and it's just it's still golfing. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Uh, you can tell I can. I don't really have words for it. It's, uh, I, my words are that I'm grateful and I feel blessed. And thank everybody within your your uh, radio waves that's hearing us talk and that loved our show so much and still does. How did you keep it secret for so many weeks? That would be so tough. Uh, that was hard because <laughs> you want to tell somebody. <laughs> you know, you know something special is coming. You know it's going to be cool. But when we got on the set and they brought in an audience to watch a rehearsal so we could have, we could hear the reaction. That audience didn't know. So that when we showed everybody, they went crazy. <laughs> and then I, and that was not as big an audience as it was going to be later. So I thought, oh my goodness, when the full audience comes in, this is going to go through the roof. And it did. We're talking with Dennis Haskins, who plays Mr. Belding on Saved by the Bell, and the Saved by the Bell reunion from Jimmy Fallon this week. If you haven't watched it on YouTube, go find it now. It is awesome. It's there. It's, it's everywhere. I thought, you know, it's unbelievable. It's like uh, the Daily News and, and Sports Illustrated and all these different ESPN. And Candace Cameron is a friend of mine who was obviously one of the best uh, players for the, for the women's. Uh, Lady Balls in Tennessee, and she loves Saved by the Bell, so, uh, she, she, uh, I sent her a clip and she asked if she could put it out, and then the ESPN did a story on her love of the show, and, and on and on and on. I mean, it's unbelievable. I was gonna ask you how this ranked against some of your recent stuff you've done, like being on Mad Men and, and How I Met Your Mother, and then the movie A Million Ways to Die in the West, but apparently this is number one without question. Well, because, this is how I got started. This is my first series, and it was it was so special the way it took off. And the show started on Saturday. Well, actually, we started on, as a show called Good Morning, Mr. Bliss. It was on Disney Channel, and they canceled that show. They didn't like it. It didn't work for Disney. So uh, Brandon Tartikoff, God bless him, he, he wanted a show for his daughter that she could watch and learn from and laugh with. So they took Mark Paul Grosselar and myself and Lark Voorhees and Dustin Diamond and added Mario and, and Tiffany and Elizabeth and Saved by the Bell was born and little by little the show caught on, went to TBS in the afternoons, if you recall, and then went to 87 countries around the world. And from Saturday morning, that's so unusual that it's just, it just was meant to be. 
Oh, absolutely. Say by the Bell, awesome. I watched it every every afternoon on WGN and TBS. Uh, Mr. Belding, Dennis, well, Haskins, Dennis Haskins is joining us. Let's uh, switch gears now and talk a little wrestling, because I know you're a big wrestling fan. Yes, you mentioned your friends with Memphis on Jerry the King Lawler, and you used to fly, yeah. you used to fly through Memphis all the time before Delta uh, de-hubbed us. Yeah, for the case, all that. I love the barbecues at the airport. <laughs> you know, from, uh, what is it, Corky's uh, and... Uh, State, well, I can't think of the Inter- Interstate, interstate, yeah. couple, interstate barbecue, yeah. Um, I mean, it's funny. It's my favorite airport food is in Memphis, and I got to know people in Memphis that come through. And there's always the Elvis store there. And Jeff, uh, uh, Jeff Franklin, who created Full House, is a big Elvis fan, and I, I would get him something and pick him something up all the time. I just always knew I was back home when I was in Tennessee. You know what I mean? Right. I would be in Memphis. I gotta say, one of, one of the coolest things about the reunion for me, and, and, and all wrestling fans will understand this, is that I was part of, uh, the JBL show for about five episodes, that uh, I went on to, to, uh, chastise him because I was watching out for Zack Ryder. And, uh, WWE literally tweeted that before I was in the reunion, I was on the JBL show. And I'm thinking, holy cow, WWE is tweeting me. This is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. WWE will be coming into Memphis. They will be flying into Memphis International Airport uh, later this month. The WWE Fastlane pay-per-view is being held at FedEx Forum. Oh, the Fastlane is going to be in Memphis. Yeah, so what can you tell people oh, in Memphis that. who have maybe not been keeping up with it? Maybe they give them a little uh, background of what's been happening in WWE so they can be ready for the pay-per-view. Well, you know, with, with Daniel Bryan being hurt, he finally came back, and, 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 and the fans love him. There's also a push by by the authority, it looks like. Uh, I mean, it's not, the authority, it's, it's a little confusing because the authority has their guys, and they're the heels, and, and then there's also the faces. And, and uh, at the Royal Rumble, fans were not happy with anybody that it looked like the establishment, let's put it that way, like Vince McMahon or, or Triple H, so those guys wanted to have win. Because when there was the uh, the three-way match with, with uh, oh my goodness, I'm guilty to say, the Beast, uh, Lesnar, with Lesnar and... and Seth Rollins, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anytime it looked like John Cena was going to do well, those fans booed. They did not want him to win. And, and then eventually, of course, Lesnar won. So early on, it was a tip that the fans were really ready to react if things didn't go the way they wanted. And in the Royal Rumble, when Daniel Bryan came in early and was eliminated early, the fans were kicked off. They were not happy. And even when Ziggler came in, he was eliminated because I have never understood why the company, uh, Golf Ziggler is such a great wrestler. He puts people over all the time. He works really, really hard, regardless of whether he wins or loses. And then they got him out early. But the, the, the general vibe was that um, the guy that won was going to be the guy that uh, Roman Reigns was who they wanted to eventually have going against Lesnar. And the fans knew it, and they were not happy with how it happened. Reacted so hard that WWE had to do something, and they kind of put on the brakes and changed things. And the result is what the people in Memphis are going to get to see. This is really, I mean, this is a really great thing for Memphis, to be honest with you. If you're a big WWE fan or a big wrestling fan or former Mid South fan or whatever you are, it's, there's so so much going on at this event that uh, you've got now you've got Brian and and the brain's going in, whoever wins that goes against Lesnar. There's a lot of storylines coming together in Memphis. It's going to be really fascinating to see what happens. Memphis has always been a, a big wrestling city, and before we let you go, uh, we want oh, yeah. to uh, share with you our, our big idea, because there's no currently there's no uh, WWE Hall of Fame, there's no uh, major pro wrestling Hall of Fame in the country, and we were, we're kind of leading this campaign to get the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. Uh, Memphis would be great. Wouldn't it be a great place inside the Mid-South Coliseum where Andy Kaufman and Jerry Lawler used to go head-to-head? Wow. You know, you got to give the King a lot of credit. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know, and he wouldn't say this, 
just one person does. But, but Jerry, man, he did a lot of stuff. Like, even bringing the whole thing with Andy Kaufman, uh, Mr. McMahon has said that he wouldn't have taken that chance, but it was a great event in wrestling history, the way all that happened. And uh, there's a lot of great things happening in Memphis. Um, you know, it, it, I know the home of WWE's in Connecticut, but it really would make sense to have it in, in Memphis. I, I would support that, of course. And so you, then you, oh, you would like it because you could fly into Memphis International and eat at the airport and then go to <laughs> the Hall of Fame, right? <laughs> you, you know, I, I, I just love flying through Memphis because it means my feet are on Tennessee soil. You know, I, I'm born and raised in Chattanooga and love this love the city and love the state and, and uh, I used to fly through Memphis as you said all the time when it was the old Northwest route and the Delta kind of changed things a little bit but occasionally I do still go into Memphis right, uh, back when Kent Hall was still alive God bless him I would go down to Tunica Mississippi he was the center for Jim Kelly we would do a charity event down in Tunica um, I got friends down at Dick Waterman in Oxford and uh, people just all so my 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 good friend uh, Jack Armstrong down uh, in Laurel, Mississippi, who uh, helps with the Jim Kelly event every year, is a big car auctioneer. So I I just there's a lot of people that I love and care about in, in the whole area there. Well, and over in Little Rock, my my, my buddy Michael Marion, who brought uh, Garth Brooks back into the Coliseum, helped him 30 years. So there you go. There's a lot of history for all of that. But just I know we're gonna wrap up here. I just Thank you to everybody who loved our show so much and who so supportive of all of us. And, and, and by that I mean not just sometimes the people will try to separate the, the, the six students from the principal, but real fans of the show know that Mr. Belding loved and protected all the kids, and they they uh, it was a regular uh, one of the seven regulars, and they were, were so kind to include me in the skit. Uh, I just was a wonderful, wonderful experience, and I hope that everyone loved it as much as we did doing it. We we sure did, and again, we appreciate you coming on here, carving out some time for us. I mean, it is an honor and a privilege anytime you're able to join us on the program. Big fans of you and Sable the Bell. So, uh, thank you, thank you so much, Dennis. And um, people can follow you at Mr. Belding on Twitter and on Instagram as well, right? Yes, they, uh, yeah, I'm at Mr. Belding at Mr. Belding on Twitter and Real Mr. Belding on Instagram. You'll see pictures of Jimmy and I and, and, uh, Quest Love, the drummer for the band and I and, and, uh, a couple other things with Mario. I did a radio show with Mario. Uh, so one of the few things on Twitter and stuff. But hey, have fun at Bashley. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Dennis. All right. Bye bye. You're listening to Cerrito Live on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Keep it real for over 20 years. We are Real Sports Talk, Sports 56, and 87.7 FM. Okay, CJ, so where does the Health Your You start at? Well, you know it starts at the Church Health Center Wellness. Yeah, it does. We've been members over there for well over a year. And what kind of things do we like to do when we go over to get ourselves in better shape? Man, weights, cardio, basketball, strength training, they really have it all. Yeah, they do have it all. You can get in shape for all kinds of events. I know... You know, I used to go over there, and I used the gym to get ready for the sports ball. I used it to get ready for dodgeball, man, and it's great. I love it so much. I go 17 to 18 times out the week. 17 to 18? How did you get that many days in a week to go? They added some days on there so I can get up there and shoot hoops and ball, man. Well, you got to make sure you get your healthy on because the healthier you starts at Church Health Center Wellness. It's located at Midtown. It's 1115 Union Avenue. Church Health Center Wellness, your key to a healthier you. Check them out online at www.churchhealthcenter.org or stop by for a tour today and find out why the I Love Memphis blog calls Church Health Center Wellness a gym for the rest of us. All right, welcome back to the show. We're out live at the Dodge This Dodgeball Tournament benefiting youth villages. So between games, we're reminiscing about some of our favorite memories on the show. CJ, do you have any favorite memories on the show? Yeah, well... The two weeks you were gone when I actually got to host it. Oh. It was great. Go back and check out those podcasts, people, because <laughs> ironically, none of my segments made the flashback list. 
What, the, <laughs> they didn't make any of our memories? They didn't make nope, any of our memories. They're not very memorable? They're, they're memorable for me. <laughs> Drew, did you have any favorite moments? I will CJ probably took mine because I got to talk a little bit more than I normally do, and we had we had a lot of fun. Um, but uh, we got to play I like you. I, I, I locked in the basement. I see how it is. I see the catacombs of Flynn. Remember that, Drew? I do, but don't think that we're trying to gang up on you. We we do we like are. you. We are very we glad do. that you are a part of this, or that we are a part of your um, little show here. Little you know, show. <laughs> I, I don't even know how 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 good your your y'all's memory is. Do y'all even can y'all remember anything? Like, can you remember last week when we talked to Congressman Steve Cohen? Oh, that yes. was a good interview. I, I see why that that my shows didn't make the list. Can't bump Congressman Cohen off. He is your. U.S. representative and a for the huge 9th congressional district. Memphis Tiger fan, big Memphis Tiger fan. It was a good conversation uh, with Steve Cohen that we had last week. Your U.S. representative for Tennessee's 9th congressional district. He is Congressman Steve Cohen, and he joins us now. Mr. Cohen. Hey, Kevin. Hey, good to hear from you. Nice to have shared my office with you in Washington. It was nice to have you visit. Oh, it was. Awesome, and uh, we were just uh, actually talking about that, how cool it is, and I think it's the one thing you do if you do visit Washington, D.C., is to contact your office, because you are our congressman, and uh, take a tour of the Capitol. It's really cool. Your staff was uh, really nice, and it was a fun experience. Well, I'm pleased you you enjoyed it, had the opportunity. We try to make everybody's uh, visit to Washington one that's uh, memorable, uh, and I think it's real important, and, and that's one of the things we pride ourselves on. And well, speaking of visiting the Capitol, I also visited your office uh, when I was there, and we, we chatted for a little bit. We saw, I, I couldn't help but notice, all of the bobbleheads that you have around your office. You have oodles of Memphis-related sports bobbleheads. Yeah, well, I'm a big Memphis sports fan, and D'Angelo's up there with me, and, and Joe Jackson, and Rodney Carney, and DJ Steffens, and, and, and Lorenz and Wright, and, and I've, I've got a few others, but those are some of our... our Featured Tigers. <laughs> I, I think you've got Grizz. Uh, I got you, the Grizz. I got the Grizz. Yeah, I got Satchel Page. Yeah, I got several. Everywhere you, everywhere you look, it's like there's another bobblehead. You got a pretty good bobblehead collection going on. They need to to have bobbleheads again at a Grizzlies game so you can update update your collection. I don't even know where you get a DJ Stephens bobblehead. Well, I, I I don't know. I guess I got it through the Tigers. <laughs> I did over the years. I've got some of them in Memphis. I, I never took up from I left my home. But I think the first year they had it with the Grizzlies, I've got Jay Will and uh, uh, probably Mike. I don't think it's Mike Miller, but Shane Battier, Jay Will, uh, Lorenz that was in that in, the, in that class, and there were a couple other folks. That are, what, what, what was Strowman? Yeah, Stro. Yeah, Stro Show. Strowman's not Swift. What was Strowman's last night? Yeah, it was Swift. Yes. Swift. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I had him too. So that was back when they they had the. the, the it might have Paul Gasol. Maybe he was on the. Team. The, the one bobblehead I want. Uh, would be the one from that same year. They had an Elvis, a Grizzlies Elvis. Right, one. I didn't get that one either. It's a tough one to find. And I also noticed your office, you have a uh, on the door of your office, you have the front page of some section of the newspaper for Letterman's last night, David Letterman's finale. I was a big fan of Letterman, and he was a great friend of, of the music of my, my friend Warren Zevon. So I, I just I missed him. I like David, and, and, and we put that up there. And He's been replaced. He, was, he, he served about two weeks in that spot, and he's been replaced by Bryce Harper. The, 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 the Post had a great picture of Bryce, uh, number th- from the picture from the rear where he's number 34, his back's to the, to looking out to the field. And uh, we thought that was a pretty cool picture. And Bryce is Harper is an amazing baseball player. Uh, very cool. So, Dave, so you said you were friends with Warren Zevon? Yeah, Warren and I were best friends. Best friends? Yeah. Mr. Werewolves of London? Werewolves of London, yeah. So where, where were y'all friends from? Well, I was running for governor back uh, in, in 1993, and he was playing at uh, uh, the 616 Club, and my friend Bud Chittam, who owned the club, told me the Young Democrats were here, and he said, you can have the Young Democrats as your guests. Uh, that night I was throwing a party for him and uh, introduce him for this, for this uh, if, if you'll permit it, and uh, I said, cool. And I went back and talked to Warren, and we had a lot in common. And he said, I'll be in Nashville on the next night or the night after that, and come on over and see me there. And I did, and, and we had dinner that night, and we had a lot in common and got to be best friends. And we talked about all kinds of things, a lot of times about boxing matches. He was a boxing fan, as a mine. We'd watch boxing on television.
television eye in Memphis and Los Angeles and we talk about the fights and in between we talk about girlfriends and movies and, and sometimes politics and different stuff that's very very cool and I know he he subbed when Paul Schaefer was not on Letterman's show when Schaefer had to call in sick or be on vacation uh, Warren would be the guy who replaced him yeah he uh, probably did 45 or 50 different shows uh, Letterman loved his music greatly and, and sometimes Warren would would kind of complain to me. Uh, I, David or the people would call out and say they wanted to come in, and they'd fly him in on a first-class air ticket from Los Angeles, which is fine and good, but still it's a long flight. Put him up in a nice hotel, but he didn't really make much any money out of it. But there was no money to, to be said. It was just to get the nice flight and put you up at the Morgan's hotel and pay you a little, you know, for food and a nice meal, and that was it. I thought it was good for just the exposure. But in, in the music business, it's not quite the same as politics as far as exposure goes. And he would tell me, he said, nobody goes on those shows unless they're selling something. And later I noticed that anybody coming on one of those shows generally has a new album out or a new movie or a new book, and there's generally some reason why they're on the show. But uh, he said he just did a private concert for Dave. And when he'd play, you'd hear maybe 15 seconds when they or 10 seconds when they were going out to commercial and maybe 10 seconds when they were coming back from commercial. But during the two or two and a half minutes of commercial, Dave had his favorite musician, Warren Zevon, doing a private concert for him in the audience. So I, it was, it was kind of cool. I visited a couple times with him and, uh, uh, went to the show and, uh, it was, you know, it was good. Dave was good for his music and, and Warren had a couple of, of sports songs. He had one song called Boom Boom Mancini about the fighter who, who killed Dooku Kim in the ring. And, and in fact, it was a fella came into my office just uh, two days ago who had been a state legislator from, from Youngstown, Ohio, and that's where Boom Boom was from. And he had had lunch. I asked Boom Boom Mancini. He said, yeah, I had lunch with Boom Boom last week. And I played him the song. He had never heard it. A, a cool song about Boom Boom Mancini from Youngstown, Ohio. And he also had a song that didn't get real much play about Buster Douglas. And then he did one called The Hockey Song, which he did with... Uh, I think he co-wrote it with uh, uh, blanket on his name now, but it was a, a, an author that's pretty pretty accomplished. But David Letterman is in the song, and there's a spot in there where they go. The the, the, the lyrics are "Hit somebody, hit somebody," and that's Letterman. He got Letterman to cut that. So it's the <laughs> only place you'll ever hear David Letterman on an album or on a song is on "Hit Somebody," uh, the hockey song by Warren Zevon and Mitch Album. That's who he co-wrote it with, Mitch Album. We're talking with uh, Congressman Steve Cohen, and we're talking about uh, recently. I, I went to Washington D.C., hung out in, with uh, the congressman for a little bit in his office, toured uh, the Capitol. When I, how often do people ask you if you watch House of Cards? Not that often anymore. I mean, they did <laughs> early on, and, and 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 I've watched it. And I've, and, and, but um, you know, it's, it, I don't know that it has that much to do with what we do. I mean, there's. I'm sure there's some Machiavellian things going on, but other than Rahm Emanuel, I don't know anybody that would push somebody into the subway and kill them. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, uh, yeah, so House of Cards, that, that comes up a, a lot over when you're on the tour. Like, hey, this looks like that thing from, from, from House of Cards. And I just assume people would, would, would ask you all the time. And, and it makes sense they don't ask you as much now as they did before because apparently the show is not near as good as it was a couple of seasons ago. Blood no, at the first two seasons I was riveted. Mm-hmm. And, and I hadn't seen it and I'd heard about it. And I watched uh, pretty much a couple of three days. I watched the first two seasons. I was really into it. Uh, but I, I, the, the third season wasn't quite as, as good. And, right. uh, we'll I, try to keep it spoiler free, so that'll be at the end of our of our House of Cards uh, conversation course available on Netflix. Last thing about touring the Capitol: the cool thing on your way, walking from your office to the actual uh, inside of the, the the Capitol building, there's all of this art that's on the wall, right? And so you get to see uh, the, there's a, apparently there's a congressional art competition, and then they select. Uh, art from I don't know if it's each district or where, but there each is... congressional district gets to honor and, and, and uh, a particular artist and a high school student, and the student gets a trip to Washington for one day with their parents. Southwest Airlines provides the air tra- air transportation, and they they get their recognition in the capital and tour, and they go back. So it's a nice little thing. And yet our picture is a is a white station student who's a really outstanding student. She's now a student at Rhodes College, got a, I think a full scholarship. But it's a picture of a fellow on the trolley with a grizzly uh, sweatshirt or t-shirt.
shirt on. So we got a little bit of the grizz in, 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 in the uh, yeah. a very his- Historic pictures, and it's on the trial, Lee, since we don't have those anymore. Right, that too. That too. <laughs> What are, what are your thoughts on the trolleys right now? They take, it's taken them over a year to get those back running. They still don't have them running, and they've been stopped for a year. And it's unfortunate. They're going to come back. I've had quite a few meetings with Matta on this, and we've got a good fellow, Matta, who's taken over, uh, and he's going to try to get. It's just a matter of getting the parts for the old trolleys, and they, they got through the bureaucracy of, of who was going to oversee it. And there was like two or three different groups overseeing it, federal and state. I think they got that straightened out. Then it's just a matter of parts, and then the, the, so they're going to get those re- back in, 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 uh, on the mall, and then they've got some other uh, kind of in between. I think they're going to have some newer trolleys that they're going to buy that may be new that look just like the old ones. Yeah, they, got they some, get them a lot cheaper. Some type of uh, buses or something. Well, first they're going to have these rubber wheeled ones, right? And that's going to be for a while. But then they're going to get trolleys that are they're going to have the old ones rebuilt. But then they're going to have some new ones that look like old ones that have been redone, or, or, or maybe there's some old ones that they've got a good deal on. But uh, 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 Dan Oppenheimer had a lot to do with getting the trolleys here in the first place. Dan's a, a Memphian. He's got an art gallery downtown, I think, and, and lives in, in Horseshoe, and, and it's in the South Main District, I think, both. But Dan was a lot responsible for it, and he found, knows of a guy, that, and he, he put Matt uh, uh, in, in, in touch with him who could get replica trolleys um, for a really nice price. So I think we'll have it back in just a matter of time. And there was even news yesterday that they're talking about the talk has restarted about expanding the line all the way to Overton Square there on Madison. Well, that that was the, for a long time they, they had thoughts about that. And the, the, some of the businesses on Madison didn't want it to occur, and they're probably still not going to want it to occur because they think it hurts their business. And it was going to go out. I, I think it'll help businesses because it'll if they get popular enough, people will ride them from downtown and, and, and go out to Overton Square, and Overton Square's got a lot of traffic now. Right. At the time, the square didn't have that much traffic, and the idea was that they'd go down to Madison to the square and then go down Cooper to, to Cooper Young and, and maybe come back uh, somehow and have a loop. But Cooper Young and the square have come back, but the businesses on Madison really did object to it, and, and I'm sure they would continue to object, so that that, that, that may or may not happen. I think, in my opinion, it, like it hurts short term, yes, because of the construction. But long term, once it's there up and running, you're connecting all of the hotels from downtown to midtown. It can only help those businesses. Well, I, I know one of the fellows was a friend of mine who's got a cleaners there, and, and I guess he figures that people that right. come come in in cars are not going to bring their cleaning in and out on on trolleys. So <laughs> right. It might help restaurant businesses, but it would might not help uh, business like that. It might help some retail in the square. But a, a guy who's got a cleaners, uh, it, it might not help them as much. It might interfere with the automobile traffic. And, and, and the, the tracks really are kind of a, a nuisance when you drive down Madison. Uh, uh, I, I hate my when I drive down Madison, you, your car hits the, tra- the track and it goes X, Y, and Z areas. Kind of, it's not as convenient as Union. And, and so, right. Well, yeah, I, you know, definitely you have to change lanes. You're never, you never get in that lane. Never get in that lane. Problem. And when they originally built them, the idea was to connect the medical center which was supposed to be a great uh, center of, of, of jobs with downtown, and people from the medical center would come downtown for lunch, and, and, and that was the idea. But then Baptist Hospital uh, flew the coop, and they went out east and, and leveled their building. And, uh, the, the, you know, it just it doesn't have the same um, uh, impact as, as it would have had if Baptist Hospital was still there. Right. And for some reason, it, ran, and it ends randomly in the middle of the street. That seemed like... Somebody's poor decision. I don't know who was in in, in charge of that, but um, all right. Well, that's good news. That's, that's exciting news uh, ab- about the trolley. Let's talk some sports for a minute. This is uh, we are on a sports station. Uh, we got to talk some uh, Tigers because you love the, the Memphis Tigers. And it, w- and it was just a w- it was a wild week. It was actually the week that I was up in Washington uh, with you. You had Marcus Gasol commit with the Grizzlies to stay in Memphis long term. It was the same week that Austin Nichols uh, flew the coop and went. Uh, to wherever he's going to end up now, not with Josh Pastner in the Memphis Tigers. Um, wondering what your what your thoughts are about you had one big uh, long term commitment to the city of Memphis from Argosol at the same time Austin Nichols uh, saying it's time for him to go. Well, it's a continuation of the Grizzlies growing and the Tigers kind of retreating. Uh, the Grizzlies have, were, were number two to the Tigers for a goodly while. Now they're number one in the city. Uh, they've got a better uh, fan base and a better uh, attendance and 
and um, it, it continues. I, Gasol, you'd have thought, might, might have left. He might have gotten a monster offer from New York or San Antonio or Miami with large Hispanic populations, but for whatever reason, uh, thankfully, the Lausanne grad stayed home, and uh, that's a great thing for the Grizzlies. Austin, I, I, just, was, I, I know kind of what went on to some extent as much as anybody knows what went on, uh, apparently his father never wanted him to go to Memphis, and the father was always uh, a problem with, with Josh and wanting, thinking Austin didn't develop enough. And I, and I want to say a couple of things I want to, points I want to make on the show, Kevin, if you'll give me the opportunity. Absolutely. First, about Josh. You know, a lot of people give Josh grief for not developing our players into NBA players. And they say, look, these guys don't make the NBA and it's Josh's fault. Well, look at what happened last week. Joe Jackson, four years under Josh, but two years in the developmental league, and he's going to Korea. So is that Josh's fault? If he's had two years in the NBA developmental league, and the best he can get is Korea, I would submit it's not Josh's fault. Jaron Johnson, he he's still in the, in the NBA developmental league, and he had a terrible uh, summer camp, one of 16 from the, from the field. He, he did great defense, which he was a good defensive player. But again, he hadn't cut it. He's had NBA type coaches coaching him. Uh, uh, Thomas, uh, you know, they said he's going to make it with the Pistons now, uh, and, and 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 maybe he will. But he's been out two years in the NBA too, so you can't really blame Josh. If a guy was good enough to make it, Josh didn't make him go back in their talent. And if they didn't make it after one or two years in the NBA developmental league. You got to figure there's there's a learning curve for the kid, and a development physically and and, and mature wise maturation wise for the kid. You can't blame Josh. Uh, Tarek Black did make it straight out of Kansas, and he he's done okay. But he might have done that out of Memphis too, and, and it was a playing time thing with him. So I, I think with Austin Nichols, the I, people thought maybe the father thought he wasn't going to make it in the NBA because he was here, and they said, well, look what happened with Tarek Black, and look what happened with this one or that one. Uh, Will Barton kind of come along in the NBA and went straight to it and didn't have to t- spend time in the developmental leagues. He's the only guy that hadn't. I mean, Dorsey had to bounce around. That was a cow guy, but uh, I can't see him blame Josh, and I don't think Austin Nichols should have blamed him. And Austin Nichols is probably not going to be an NBA player. If he stayed in Memphis, He'd have been a Memphis icon and somebody who could have uh, been in any many one of any areas of sales or, or public relations or lots of things. He could have been fabulously successful in because people would have wanted to buy a house from Austin Nichols, right. buy stocks from him. You set name. for life. He would have been set for life. Right, set for to listen to a sports talk show, whatever. Set for life. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be set for life in Charlottesville, Virginia, and he's not going to be set for life back in Memphis now. And he might do a couple of years in Korea or in Spain or in you know Israel or somewhere else playing basketball. But he's not a good enough player to be a three in the NBA. And he's not big enough and tough enough to be a four or a five. And I don't think you're going to see him in the NBA no matter who. You know, Will Chamberlain couldn't come back and coach him into the NBA, I don't think. <laughs> so he'd have been better off staying in Memphis and, uh, and certainly better off doing his third year if he decided he wanted to go off to UVA for the fourth year. He could have done it straight from Memphis because he would have graduated. Yeah. Now he's going to have to sit out. He's he's go over there as a redshirt junior. We're talking with Congressman Steve Cohen, talking some some Tigers with him. He is uh, one of the most passionate uh, Tiger fans uh, you will find. And so you you talk about yes, Austin Nichols. It's not at, at the end of the day not a good. The long-term view, if he doesn't make it in the NBA, it's not a good move because it really tarnishes his reputation and the way people view him uh, in the 901. But uh, it also, it, I mean... And he's I, a good college player. He's yeah. a very good college player, and he's liable to be a very good to, a, to an outstanding college player by the time he's a senior. But he'd have been that at Memphis or at Virginia and, and playing with the Lawsons, and, 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 and we've got the, the kid, we got got uh, uh, Craig, I think, from Arizona. Randall Craig's going to be a good guard. We've got talent coming up, and he'd have been fine here, too. And I think he and Shaq together would have been a real good unit for next year. I think they seem to be playing together as well before he got hurt last year. But but he's gone. 
And he's gone. Right. And it, and it, you, if you and you say you can't criticize Josh necessarily for the development, but can you not criticize him for all of the transfers? There's been like seven transfers in a year. These players are fleeing. These players who love Memphis, like uh, Joe Jackson, wanted to transfer. Tariq Black always wanted to play for Memphis and ended up transferring. Austin Nichols always wanted to play for Memphis, grew up in Memphis and ended up transferring. I mean, there's something there, isn't there? You would think there was, but at the same time. They all think that they, 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 they've all thought that they were better than, than, than the team and wanted to be the go-to guy. And Joe didn't want to be one of four guards. He wanted to be the guard, and he was used to scoring 30 points at Melrose uh, or, or White Station uh, and, and, and didn't, didn't, didn't like being playing with Johnson and Michael Dixon Jr. and, uh, and Chris Chris. And we had four guards on that team. And so he just that would have been a problem no matter who the coach was, I think. And he ended up having a good senior year, and he won a, did a good job out in El Paso in the tournament, and he did a good job here in the tournament, and whatever. And then, uh, you know, the uh, the other players too, Tarek Black, I liked him. I wish he would stay, but he wanted more more playing time, and, and maybe he could have had it. But he but he went to Kansas, and Kansas had a lot of time. But he only averaged seven points and six pounds, or eight points and six pounds out there. It wasn't like he went out there and all of a sudden he was sixteen points and nine pounds. He didn't make it in the NBA, but but not because he was a, a double figure or double figures in rebounds or scoring at Kansas. And, uh, you know, some of these other players, Nick King, I love Nick. I wish Nick would have stayed here, and I wish there had been a way to do it. But Josh needed a, a four, and he put him where he needed him. And, and, and Nick knows that to go to the next level, he's going to have to be a three, which was the same thing with, with uh, Adonis. He, he's going to be a three. He's not going to be a four. He'd say he may be a three or a two. I can't see him as a two. But Memphis needed him as a four, and so maybe his potential would have been better if he was playing at, at three, a three at Memphis. He liked to go outside and shoot threes. He wasn't hitting them. I think he hit three, 38 percent in the NBA summer league. And that's pretty good. But you know, just you, you, Josh has got to play the guys where they can help the team. And Adonis was was a four for us. We needed him as a four, and the same thing for Nick. And Nick left because he didn't want to be a four. Um, father didn't think he was getting enough time and wanted to see him playing more outside and Nick didn't have a good outside shot and his most famous outside shot unfortunately was going to be the one he missed against Tulsa and, and uh, we lost that game. Some of the other guys that transferred um, uh, you know Dominic Woodson good riddance uh, the, 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 Dom, the, the other one that started with a D what was his name Terry and uh, there was a 6'4 guard that transferred to Georgia State or something. He wasn't any good to start. D- Damian Wilson he wasn't any good to start with that was a, maybe a gross, a gross recruiting era. Um, who are the other transfers he's, that have been? Antonio Barton wasn't going to play as good as he was. And he was a good player. He wasn't going to play with four guards. We had four guards, and we replaced him with Michael Dixon Jr. So, um, you know, you, there, there's all there, there's reasons for all of them. I mean, you can say, all right, there's seven, and Josh is the common denominator. But there are there are reasons why they left, and and there are reasons why Josh needed to play him at four, or needed to do whatever, and and it just so happened. I mean, I, I hate that they leave too, and it's something Memphis didn't used to have the, the transfers like like we've had. With all that's going on with basketball and the success now of, of football, Justin Fuente. Since the last time we spoke, they won the Miami Beach Bowl, and Fuente's coming back. Tigers uh, projected to do well this year. It, is it fair to say that uh, the University of Memphis is now a football school? No, I don't think it's fair to say that. But I'm happy <laughs> you segue to football because I believe I was on your show. If I wasn't, I apologize couple of three years back and I criticized Justin Puente on the air for not playing uh, Jacob Karam and I, I like Jacob Karam, great kid and I, and I know Coach Puente thought he was a great kid but politically I shouldn't have done that and as a Tiger supporter who knows what would have happened if Jacob would have played, if he, we wouldn't have probably won any more games but if it didn't hurt Lynch to have played as much as he did and to have the confidence of the coach and, and, and Lynch has turned out to be the best quarterback we've had in Memphis in forever so I gotta say I was wrong coach was right Fuente's done a great job and he was probably right to play Lynch and it's unfortunate for Karam but he came here and he had one great year and the next year he didn't get a chance because he had the future there and you gotta play the future and, and, and he knew that he had to win that next year and win with Lynch we got a lot of talent coming back next year I'm just a, the, the running back talent is deep. The receiving talent is deep. We're still kind of weak in the front line, but we got a transfer from Louisville who had played at, uh, uh, I think he played at, at, at Westwood or 
it wasn't Westwood. It, Wood, uh, what's high school out there? Starts with a W. Uh, Ryan, whatever, is a transfer from Louisville. But he's a good offensive tackle. He started for Louisville for a couple of years. And, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're going to have a good team. And he's done a great job. The defense lost a lot of good players, but we got some good ones back. And I think the coach really has shown that a coach can make a difference. Right. He, he's done an, an awesome job. Okay, Congressman, we've got to wrap things up with you. Um, um, oh, yeah, Congressman uh, Marcus Hunter here. Uh, how you doing today? I'm great, thank you. I was. I uh, just wanted to say I've heard Kevin talking so much about uh, his visit to D.C. and I'm going to be coming up to D.C. Uh, next uh, Thursday, and I'll be there till next week. So I'm going to uh, send your office a note, try to get on one of those tours that Kevin was talking about. Good. Let it give us some notice. To give give a call up there to Patrick Cassidy, who's a, uh, a Christian Brothers grad, who works there and kind of coordinates that, and we'll be happy to take care of you. And I look forward to showing you my office. All right, I appreciate it. And also, um, I'm obviously, uh, you know, the D.C. area. Can you can you give me some 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 cool places that I may want to make sure I stop by and see while I'm there? Well, I think the museum is fantastic, and it's a, one of the uh, newer tourist attractions. But it's a, it's First Amendment Center put it up, and it's a lot of history, a lot about the the news media, about broadcast and print, but it's also history of the United States and, and exhibits with 9/11 and the Berlin Wall and. And, and uh, it's, a, it's a really something you need to go through. And then everything on the mall is great. Now, if you've done the Smithsonian's, but they're all phenomenal. Uh, you can just uh, there's, there's there's not enough time in Washington with the memorials to Dr. To Dr. King, to Franklin Roosevelt, let alone Lincoln and Jefferson and Washington. And Arlington Cemetery is a great ground there. You'll run into people. I've gone out there and just wandered, and I ran into Joe Lewis. Oh, Joe wow. Lewis is buried <laughs> in Arlington Cemetery. He's got a gravestone with a bas-relief of him in boxing gloves and boxing shorts and a boxing pose. <laughs> uh, and he was a Marine, uh, or, or Army, maybe Army, during during World War II. And buried next to him with just one of the typical uh, smaller uh, uh, markers that they have at, 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 at Arlington, the little small white markers, kind of oval at the top, real small, mm-hmm. is, is a guy, and I need to, I've been meaning to find out why he's there and how he got there. A guy named Lee Marvin. And he's the Lee Marvin. And he's buried right next to Joe, to Joe Lewis. And I don't know if he requested it and how that happened, but Lee Marvin and Joe Lewis together in Arlington. So there's lots of things you can do there, and there are lots of good restaurants and sports bars, and you'll have a good time. And if you can get a chance to see the Nationals, I don't, I don't know if they're home next week. Uh, they, as a matter of fact, they will be home August the second. I've already checked, and I will be there on the second. So they will be there then. Who do they play? Is it? Uh, I think uh, I can't remember exactly. I think the Mets. I want to say that's what I think too. Yeah, yeah. the Mets. Well, that'll be great because I mean every pitcher the the Nationals got a great team. It's a nice ballpark. You'll enjoy that. All right, I'm check that out too. Yeah, I, I would put the museum is really awesome. It's the only paid attraction I think I did when I was up there. But if somebody asked me what my favorite things I did when I was in Washington D.C. and I ranked them. I said number one, going to visit Congressman Steve Cohen, touring the Capitol with his office. You have the museum and also the uh, Bureau of Engraving and Printing, Marcus. You got to okay. check that out in, in Washington D.C. The portrait gallery is real where they, good. Where they print the money. The portrait gallery is is kind of in across from the Verizon Center. Okay. And it's an outstanding collection of art, and there's all different types, but they've got, you'll find modern art, and they've got, I think, a Time Magazine cover series, and there's a couple relate to Memphis, and a couple of them, I think, uh, relate to sports, and that it, there's a lot of really good art there, so I'd, I'd get the Portrait Gallery, too. All right, Congress, thank you so much. I'll hit all those places. I appreciate it. Good. I'll see you next week, Kevin. Thanks for, thanks for the for the call-in and the shout-out, and go Tigers. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, that's Congressman Steve Cohen, your representative for our 9th Congressional District. Thanks, Congressman. Bye-bye. You're listening to Cerrito Live on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Sports 56 Middays with Greg Gasson and Eli Savoy. Weekdays from 11 till 1. Right here on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. All right, welcome back to the show. Before we get out of here, I thought we'd have a couple minutes to look back at our favorite moment involving one of our regular guests, and that one being Kevin Leip. Because Kevin Leip got destroyed, right? Is that the right word? Demolished, Demolished. pulverized, shamed. In front of a capacity crowd at FedEx Forum at a Grizzlies game. 
And well, let's just let's just remember this because it's something that I want to make sure nobody ever forgets the moment that Kevin Leip got demolished by Doc Holliday at FedEx Forum. Every week in the 11 o'clock hour, we talk to Kevin Light from Memphis Flyer. We're going to do that right now. <laughs> What's up, Light? And uh, Wipeout is, is an accurate description of, <laughs> of what Doc Holiday did to me last night. How how are you feeling today? <clears throat> oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I was actually, I was more sore after the uh, preliminary round because I had to go twice. Oh, wow. You had to go uh, twice. Because <laughs> I, I, I lost spectacularly to, to Jarvis Greer. Uh, but then I had my, my consolation round uh, against Brandon Speck, and, and I really, we, we tied and, like, we ended up having to go four times, so that was that was a lot worse than than what I'm feeling today. Oh, you've been getting beat up by TV folks. <laughs> yep, yep. I get I keep getting beat up by TV folks who used to play football. Right. Uh, Kevin Leip is is joining us from the Memphis Flyer. He writes about the Grizzlies. Last night, he was part of the in-game entertainment for the second time in five games. The second time in five games. Can you believe that? That you've been part. You had uh, your your kid crawl acro- try to crawl across the court along with my nephew for the baby race in February, and now you were in the Battle Balls. Describe the Battle Balls, how that works. What's been going on with these? Uh, It's kind of a form of sumo wrestling, really. it's uh, You get inside a giant inflatable bubble, basically, with some handles in front of your face, and uh, you run uh, from from the free throw line to half court and and run into somebody else. And it's whoever gets knocked over loses. But... uh, I had the misfortune of facing uh, local 24's Doc Holliday last night, and uh, as a lot of people know, I'm sure he is a former uh, Tigers running back and uh, former St. Louis Rams running back, so uh, it can go real well. What? So Doc Holliday was your was your opponent last night. Do you have like any any words for him that you want to uh, to say to him? We know he might be listening. <laughs> no, Doc's a great guy. It was fun. I, I I think we both knew how it was going to go, and we both knew that it would be hilarious, and so we just kind of went for it. What you you went in thinking you were going to lose? Uh, have you seen, have you seen Doc Holiday? Oh, I've seen Doc Holiday. I I know Doc <laughs> Holiday personally. He was he's an NFL uh, superstar, and and actually he joins us right now. Doc, are you there? What's going on, fellas? Yeah, man. What's up, my man? Uh, nice. What's up, Doc? What's up, man? How y'all doing, man? Uh, Doc, uh, Doc. So let, uh, we've got, of course, life on the phone. You guys went head to head at the Grizzlies Battles Balls Tournament Round One action uh, last night. Doc, you've now become the favorite of the tournament. And but last night, what did you think? Did you think you had injured him? Did you think you had flipped him over multiple times, like you you can you can see in the video? Well, no. The, see, the thing about it, when you're inside that ball, you really can't. Uh, you you know, you really can't see everything and you and I didn't realize the breath of what had happened until I actually went back and saw the video and that's when I was like whoa my gosh man that was kind of violent and I hit Kevin you know I asked him was he okay afterwards and he told me he was because he's such a cool dude and I wasn't trying to uh you know I wasn't trying to hurt him or injure him or anything but when I went back and watched it I was like damn that was kind of violent man so <laughs> yeah I uh, I tried to get low on that second one and it just made me fly farther through the air yeah, you know, I saw that, man. But and that is, I mean, that was a good, you know, that was a good tactic of yours, man, to try to get, try to get low, man. And because I, I made it up my, I made up my mind the second one, I wasn't, I didn't want to go as hard, and I wasn't gonna get as low as I did on that first one, man. So as long as you cool, man, you're such a good dude. You know, it was a pleasure <laughs> meeting you, man. It was a pleasure battling with you as well. Man. Yeah, I think, uh, I think we put on a good show, so uh, I think that was the point. Yeah, I think everybody. I think everybody enjoys themselves, man. I think they enjoy you more than they enjoy me, man. So it was cool, man. It, it, it was a good time. Man. Doc, does your football background give you an advantage in this? Uh, uh, probably so, man. Because what I, you know, I was a lot bigger when I played running back, man. At Memphis State, I played at two twenty five. I'm two fifteen now. Then when I went to the Rams, they made me put put off fifteen pounds. I was two forty, but you know, I, I used to get paid to run into people, man. So that's that's what I do. You know, that's what I did. And, you know, even when I played ball, I've never, 
uh, anytime I was tackled, I never went, you know, I never went backwards. I was always going forward. So that's, you know, uh, that's something I always had going for me. So, uh, you, you probably can say that, but it, it, this thing really doesn't have anything to do with athletic ability, man. It's just two people running into each other. So, you know. <laughs> so maybe it's I take science. Kevin. No, I take Kevin though. Hey, anybody, how much you weigh, Kevin? 160 or something. Anybody 160 and below or even at 180, <laughs> I'm taking Kevin, man. I'm taking Kevin all day, every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they need to do weight classes. They need to do weight <laughs> yeah, classes. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. That's why I'm kind of, to tell you the truth, I'm kind of looking forward to the other round, man, because uh, I think Phillip is probably about 20 or 30 pounds heavier than me, if not more. So that's, you know, I'm kind of looking forward to that, man. A, a true, we got, we got a heavyweight battle happening now. Uh, between Doc Holliday and Philip Dean from Three Shades of Blue Radio, which comes on before us every Saturday. Doc Holliday is joining us from Local 24. He went head-to-head with Kevin Leip, who is also joining us. Uh, they went head-to-head last night. They're rivals, but they're being very friendly. Doc's being very nice about it. Uh, did y'all did y'all like have to sign waivers? That was my biggest concern. Once I watched the video, I was like, oh, I hope Kevin Leip signed, did not sign a waiver. Yeah, I had... I think it was like three different pieces of paper I had to sign. <laughs> oh, great. The preliminary thing. Was like, one of them was like, you got to put your name and phone number and address and all that on it. So, uh, Did you have to put like emergency contact? <laughs> no, but listen, watching that video, maybe I should have. <laughs> right. oh, man, that was funny, man. That was, it, it was good times, man. Kevin is, a, Kevin is a good sport. Kevin is a trooper, man, because that's not, that's not an easy thing to do, man. Especially, you know, he, he said he ran track. He cross country guy, man. So he's not used to running into people. So, to get in that ball, man, and to do something like that, man. And, you know, he tells Kevin, what, you went, you, you end up going, what, five, I mean, at least five rounds, and you go three rounds, or no, he probably went like six or seven rounds in all, right? Uh, yeah, in all, I went, uh, I went like preliminary, eight. Preliminary? I, I went six on the first day. I went two against Jarvis. Yeah. And then, uh, in the consolation round I did, uh, I, we ended up tying on the third round, and so we had to, we actually had to go four times. Wow. All right, guys. Winner, so. All right, guys. I, I, I got to let you go. We're up against it, but I appreciate yeah, both of you joining us. You really, it was impressive. You turned the Battle Balls gimmick into the Bill Street Flipper gimmick for just a few minutes with, with uh-huh. Light flipping over upside down <laughs> in the middle of the court at FedEx Forum. Thanks, guys. Light will talk to you next week. Doc will be watching you on TV. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate you all. All right. That's our show. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week from 11 to 1 from high atop Mount Moriah.